Hi, I'm Charlie. I'm Joseph. And I'm Spencer. Welcome back to the Church Closet. For those of you who are paying close attention, Joseph is back with us. Woo! Yeah. How was your time in the closet? <laughs> it was quite wonderful. Thank you all for letting me take some time off. Had some exciting things happen. Got engaged, which will come in handy for this episode. We appreciate um, you going out of your way to get engaged <laughs> just for this podcast. It shows oh, your dedication. Of course, anything for the podcast. No. Anything um, for me. Yeah. Yeah, I got ordained. Um, so now we have a pastor on this podcast. Now I'm glad to be back and glad to weigh input on these next few questions. And you're engaged? Yeah. To a woman? Yes. And you're happy about that? Indeed. I uh, I guess that's worth exploring. On our last episode, we talked about singleness, and we focused in on people who were planning to be single for a long time. Today, we'll be exploring the other side of that coin, moving from singleness into relationships. So, journey back with me about five years ago. I had just become a Christian and was just starting to figure out where life was taking me. And where God was taking me specifically. And I decided that was a time for me to focus more on myself. Stay single and make sure that my thoughts were in line with God's thoughts and with his plan for my life. That included not having any relationship outside of friendships. And that was good. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I was finally able to feel more comfortable in my own skin. I was able to come to terms more of my sexual identity, where it didn't have to be my true identity, where I learned that Christ was my true identity and not being bisexual. When I ventured out to not being single, it wasn't really planned. Um, Ask my fiance, she will tell you. She's probably laughing at that one. It's more or less of we became friends sophomore year and really connected and became best friends and we just wanted friendship and then god was like hey you like her more than just a friend i went but i don't because of being five and my past like she deserves better and no <laughs> and god's like but you do oh <laughs> uh, which of course he probably said it in a more elegant way but you know here i am and how he changed my heart to be more focused on this one woman allowed me to open up the door to more possibility of said of just staying single for the rest of my life, which was what I had become content with, which if I've learned anything in my life is once you are content with where God has you, he will either leave you there or open the door to somewhere else <laughs> for you to go. And to be content in. And he changed my heart for her. And I actually asked her out on a date, which she said yes. And we dated for a few months. And then we realized we both needed some more time to grow, which is okay. So we took a break. Um, Ross and Rachel, and, you know, 
when we took that break, we were able to stay apart for a year, towards the end of the year, becoming more friends again, and we're able to actually see, okay, this is what God has told us both, and I feel like God is telling us that we should move forward with the relationship again. So she asked me out the second time, which I'm very glad she did. Come this past February 13th, on the day that we first said I love you to each other, I proposed and she said yes. But that all goes to show that just because you have same-sex attraction doesn't mean that you are stuck. Doesn't mean that you have to be one way. Charlie gave his point of view last episode of planning on staying single. This time, there's another way. And I'm not saying that I'm right or Charlie's right or Spencer's right. I'm just saying go with what God tells you to go with. And if he opens the door to be in a godly relationship, you should go for that one because he probably is going to bless it. (laughs) When you are planning to stay single for a while, you plan on how to successfully be single and celibate for a while. And if you are going to be single but looking to date, basically if you're not looking to stay single for the rest of your life, it is okay and wise to plan for that potential future. It's not wise to position yourself so that you will only ever be happy if you get married. Whether you're straight, gay, whatever your sexuality is, if your happiness in God is dependent on having a spouse, then not all of your happiness is in God. We are not promised marriage while we are here on this earth. So it shouldn't be as much of a given within the church that everyone is supposed to grow up and get married. I think that's an easier assumption because it is the thing that the majority of people do. But I think setting it up as the norm that 99% of people should be doing is dangerous because we don't ask the question of whether or not God wants us to get married. But more specific to you, Joseph, just a few questions because they're ones that people ask on this subject. How would you respond to people who say, that you're just repressing yourself and that maybe you're happy now, but that'll go away when the same sex attraction is still with you five years from now. Mm, Yeah. So one of the few things I got from my friends are are in the LGBT community. Um, When I told them I was going out with this girl, they said, so you're going straight now, right? My immediate reaction was no, (laughs) because it doesn't go away, which I feel like that probably another question you're going to ask me, Charlie. So I'll just do a twofer here. I'm not repressing who I am because like I said earlier, my identity is not in my sexuality. It's in Christ. I still have attraction to guys, but that does not define me. It's a daily struggle for me, just like any other person in a relationship. You see a hot person, gender of choice, walking by. You choose to either lust or not. That's what I do. I choose to either lust or not, and most of the time I choose not. I'm still fallen, so I still fail, but I'm not repressing those feelings because I've spent many years repressing those feelings, and it did not end well. Go back to the uh, uh, trigger warning uh, suicide episode. I spent years repressing who I was. It doesn't end well. So on the flip side, Joseph, what about to the Christians who say that you're cured or you're straight now? I know you already briefly addressed it, but what about... I guess the Christian attempts to normalize you and make you a more stereotypical, more heterosexual in that way. Ah, uh, yes. The once you're in a straight relationship, that is the only conversion therapy you need. No, 
<laughs> like I said, I still had that struggle. God has been graceful in giving me these attraction to this godly woman. It's not that I don't have attraction to guys still. I still do. But I do see it being weaker now because I'm focused more on this woman than I am on any choice I have. I am more focused on what God wants in my life than what I would want in my own personal life. And there's a verse in the Bible that talks about ask and I will give you the desires of your heart. But if we look deeper, desires of our heart should be in line with what God wants us to have. So our desires should be his desires. And if they are his desires, then he will give freely those desires. I desire this godly relationship. I believe that God will bless it for as long as he will um, until he comes back or until we're reunited with him before that. And so just because I'm in a straight relationship does not mean I am straight. <laughs> Again, ask me my fiance. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's one more I am willing to go into with the church is just because you are in a straight relationship means all your struggles go away. Because I would ask them, so just because you're in this relationship, does that make your adultery from another marriage or from the same marriage go away with that person? No, it doesn't. Sin is sin. And we all have our struggles and we struggle with it daily. It is our cross to bear. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective. It brought up a couple of things. One is um, I think a lot of the people in the church kind of only have two categories. You've got, you know, you're either straight or you're gay, not a lot of room in between. People in the church don't have a lot of categories for people who struggle with same-sex attraction. Um, you think, okay, if someone's gay, they're just gay. If someone's straight, they're just straight. Congratulations, you made the switch. It's like turning a light switch on and off rather than thinking of it on, on, the, uh, on a spectrum, which is more realistic. Certainly, there's a lot more variation, not just uh, a clean variation between, okay, these people are straight, these people are gay, and your attractions just very neatly in between those two. But the same person throughout their life goes through a lot of changes in attraction. You see a lot of changes in whether it's from puberty, young adulthood, older adulthood. People change. Communities change. Like you said, maybe the attraction kind of snuck up on you. And that is not at all an uncommon experience for a lot of people. It's hard for us speaking as, as a Christian, it's hard for us to decide for someone what their attractions are going to look like, which is why the message of the church should look more like obedience, like what you're, you've both mentioned in the last couple of episodes. Your desires should be patterned after God's desires. And if you're seeking after obedience, that's really all you can do because you can't force through just sheer moral will your attractions to be different. You can't um, free will, blood, sweat, and tears your way into heterosexuality. There's maybe a much more subtle, uh, a nuanced conversation we can have about the kind of desires you indulge in affecting your attraction, maybe not your attractions as a whole, but the way that you like deal with your sexuality partially has to do with what you look at and what you think about and what you choose to do. But that's not at all the same thing as just... I'm going to try really hard and I'm going to make myself straight. That's kind of on a whole nother level that is, as far as I know, very unrealistic. 
so Joseph, I've heard you talk about why you can't just say that the feelings have gone away just because you have a heterosexual fiance. But one question, I, I'm thinking back to the first X-Men movie. Mystique having the ability to blend in with humans because she can take the form of any of them. She gets asked, why not just blend in? Why not just look at like one of them? Having a wife, having a female fiance makes you look very, very heterosexual to everyone else. So why not just pass for heterosexual? Why stay out of the closet? Why stay here? Your question is as if asking why I should not share the gospel. And I know that's not what you mean, Charlie. It's just, that's my answer. Like, how am I not going to share what God has done in my life by suppressing a part of me that has been saved and redeemed by Christ? Because... Not only is that a part of my story, that's a huge part of my story. It's a part of how I knew more of who I was. Because without that, I mean, I'm still messed up. I don't, I'm missing a huge part of me. And yes, I not to sound like a hypocrite, because I just said it's not my identity. It's not. But it has weight. <laughs> that's the difference between straight people and homosexual people, is that it still holds weight even if we're in a straight relationship because we know the struggles that come with people being derogatory towards you because of your sexuality unless you are super straight passing which i wasn't still ain't it's more than just being in a sexuality or being in a relationship it's about christ and if i can use our relationship and my life story as a way to share the gospel, then glory be to God because uh, I don't want it any other way. I think that's one of the the unique and just the, the beautiful thing about how testimonies work is um, when we're asked to come to Christ and then share what God has done for us. Anywhere else in my life, in, in job interviews, on first dates, I don't go on a lot of first dates anymore, but you, you fudge the numbers, you're tempted to fudge the numbers to make yourself look better. And the beauty of the testimony is that everything good in my testimony is not supplied for my own life. The goodness of my life doesn't come from me covering up the bad things I've done to make Jesus look better because all the goodness is supplied through Christ. I can acknowledge and own up to the deep sins that I've had, the struggles, the cruel things that I've done in addition to my like sexual sins. And I can own up to all of those without worrying about it tarnishing the true reputation of Christ. Because if I bring those in a spirit of repentance, saying, this is who I am, but God intervened. So I totally agree with what Joseph's saying. You have to be honest and being honest about such a influential, weighty part of your personality, part of your, your story and your past. It magnifies the gospel rather than taking away from it. So I also wanted to ask, this is more of a general question as opposed to a let's interrogate Joseph question. But Joseph, what advice would you give to the members of our audience who have same-sex attraction but are wanting to pursue heterosexual dating? I want to hear your answers. I'm planning to give some answers. We'll see if Spencer has any answers. I have so much advice. This isn't foolproof. You're going to find a godly marriage advice. It is... Mm -hmm. Join, join us in our best attempts to follow God advice. So two things mainly pop into my head when you ask that question. 
and I'll dive into them after I say it. First one is don't force it. And second one is be content. So don't force it. Don't try to force yourself to be in a heterosexual relationship just because you know that may help um, with your same-sex attraction. If you force it and it's not in God's will, you will be miserable for your entire life. And then I fear that you will regress back or fear that you might push to the other side, not necessarily regress back, but just be very miserable. And I don't want that for you. Yeah, don't force it. Be content. I mean, it's just as simple as that, which is not simple. Be content where you look around and see what has God called you to do in that moment, in that day, week, month, year. What has he called you to do that you need to focus on? Because if you are able to do that, if you are content where God has you, he will either leave you there to do his work and be content in him, or he will open more doors for you to go through so you can be even more content. And it might be in areas that you want to go through or areas you don't want to go through. <laughs> but the main thing is, is be content with him. I learned that lesson more through job stuff than I did really relationship stuff. And I just want to share that with y'all for a moment. After graduation, I applied for over 60 jobs um, within a span of three months. I heard back from about five of those, and all five turned me down. I finally had a friend reach out and say, hey, I'm leaving my job. I think you'd be a good fit. And I applied for that one, and I got it. And I think God wanted me outside the comfort zone. Speaking of which, the five that I, or however many it really was, was from my alma mater. God did not want me there. He wanted me outside of my comfort zone. So he sent me to a counseling center, which I could take either one or two ways. I took it as he wanted me just to work there. Um, <laughs> so I worked there and I learned that I really wanted to do, it really reaffirmed what I wanted to do, which was pastoral care. And I wanted to help people. And as I was there, one of the jobs I haven't heard back from yet, the first day on the job, reached out to me and said, hey, we liked your pre-interview. We would love for you to come in for an in-person. I said, okay, yeah, I can go. I mean, there's no chance of, like, no really high chance of me getting it because it's a state job and whatnot. And so I went in for an interview, and they waited a couple weeks, and they called back and said, hey, you got the job if you want it. That was after I had been content with being at the counseling center. After I had said, wow, being in this area, I can feel myself staying here and being here being content in that spot and he opened up another door immediately and now I'm in this wonderful job that I love and I'm just content where I'm at I'm getting a wife really soon and actually let's see in actually like 167 ish days I am getting a wife stop shaking your head Spencer <laughs> you were there too once <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you that the joy of the Lord fulfills. And it's not only because I'm having great things happen to me right now. I've felt this joy, this amount of joy, this strongly one time before. And that's when I woke up from the suicide attempt. 
when he called me back to life and he called me to be his. But that overwhelming joy and peace and being content in him, that surpasses any understanding. <laughs> so yeah, just don't force it. Be content and follow God's will. Uh, your story, I think, really shows that following after God's will for relationships is worth it because we're very bad at it. We're very bad at actually following God's will when it comes to our lives because we're so neurotic about getting the things we think we want or we need. We're accelerating the timeline to fit us. I would say as someone who has been through the process of you know, the, all the phases of getting into a, a long-term relationship. I can't speak as someone who's had same-sex attraction, but I can speak as a person who's had secrets. Honesty is important in a relationship, which is a trite thing to say, but honesty only goes so far in a lot of relationships. Honesty is not just telling your, your partner things about you. It's not just telling them things they want to hear. It's not just telling them how you're feeling at a given time, it is revealing to them at the right time, as the relationship demands it, the parts of you that you are ashamed of, because they're going to see them anyway. There is no part of my personality. There's no part of my disposition. There's no part of my sin nature that my wife has not seen. If you're going to live a godly marriage, uh, and you're not going to be honest with your spouse, you're not going to live a godly marriage. The kind of intimacy that you need to pursue in a marriage, to hold it together, to experience real love, uh, depends on vulnerability. And if you have struggled with same-sex attraction, you have to think very carefully about how, you know, how am I going to, when am I going to bring it up? How am I going to bring it up? How am I going to talk about it? Um, how I'm going to make sure that my wife feels like you can trust me or my husband, you know, my partner needs to feel like they can trust me without, I would say, becoming your accountability partner, whatever your, you know, the, the problems you have with your sexuality, um, that's something gay, straight or anywhere in between, um, your partner should know you should be an open book, both in your, your triumphs and in your failings, and particularly when it comes to sexuality. Um, have someone that you trust, a mentor, a friend, someone of the same sex who you can share about your sexual failings, sharpen each other to do better. I say someone of the same sex. I assume it's a similar situation for someone of same sex attraction. A little easier for me. It's uh, I don't really have the option of going to a woman and being like, I need you to hold me accountable um, for my sexuality because I don't want to put all the weight of that on my wife. Um, but that's just my experience with it. The kind of honesty that's necessary for a godly relationship is the kind of honesty that um, is vulnerable and reveals secrets. And for me, you having sin and struggling with sin does not mean that Satan gets to win in your love life. Two different directions he might try to go are making you single and incredibly unhappy and bitter against God because of it, or so desperate for a relationship that you'll choose sin, or so desperate for a heterosexual relationship that you'll force it, whether or not it's a good decision for you. 
I've talked, I think, in episodes past about how just because if I somehow became attracted to a woman tomorrow, that doesn't mean I would marry her ASAP. I would still need to get to know her. I would need to find out, is she a good fit? Because fun fact, I have other sins, other struggles besides same-sex attraction. I have no idea what she struggles with. And if she's a serial killer, but I happen to be attracted to her, that doesn't mean I throw all of my standards out the window just because I finally have a woman that I can fake straightness with or have a heterosexual relationship with. And I would encourage anyone who is single, whether they have same-sex attraction or not, but especially those who have same-sex attraction, go into a relationship shaping it to fit your needs and your partner's needs. So instead of going into a relationship and trying to make it look like everyone else's, build it towards being one that works. Because every relationship has its quirks. It has its strengths. It has its weaknesses. It has its reasons that it might fail. Some relationships have reasons that it should fail. And if you find those, let it fail and move on to the next one. We are pushed in the direction of pursuing something normal. And I think it is a downfall to any member of the church to pursue something just because it is normal, whether it's normal within the church or outside of the church. I want you to pursue it because it is God's will, because it is good for you, because the two of you together is greater than what God was doing with you two apart. Because I don't believe, just like I don't believe in letting my sin put all the parameters on my same-sex friendships, and I don't want to live in fear that I'm constantly going to fail. So I, I have close guy friends. I hug them. I dance with them. I laugh with them. And, and we maintain boundaries, but we also still have meaningful intimacy in our friendships that I'm not going to trade just because I'm afraid of what my same-sex attraction might do. It's the same way with dating. Even though I am not actively looking to date myself, and I believe that there are many people, whether they're listening to this podcast or not, there are many Christians who should not be dating because that isn't what God wants for them right now. I still believe that there are many people with same-sex attraction who can be pursuing a godly relationship if they're willing to put God first. I feel like I had, oh, that I remember the other thing. The other thing is just take your time because the right thing at the wrong time is not the right thing. Rushing a good thing sometimes turns that into a bad thing. And it isn't that you can't, some people date a few days and get married and somehow it works for the rest of their lives. There are some success stories there and there are some failure stories there. If you rush a relationship into marriage, it just means you're going to have hard work to solve for the rest of the marriage once you've already committed to being together for life. Versus if you take the relationship more slowly, you can figure out some of those things before you get married to find out whether or not they're insurmountable obstacles. So just be wise in whether you date for a short time or a long time. Because no amount of time will actually prepare you for everything, but there are many things you can prepare for 
if you take more than five minutes. It's happened again. Finished another episode of The Church Closet. So happy to have you back with us, Joseph. It's a great conversation. Congratulations on your engagement. We wish you all the best, I say, as if we're not going to keep talking. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Church Closet. Always happy to hear from you. We'll drop our Instagram and our email in the episode description, as we always do. Please reach out to us, comments, questions. Happy to hear from you.